Hello, local church, and welcome. My name is Alicia Bancudi. For those of you who don't know me, and today I'm continuing our Dusty Christian series after Eden, who did Jesus last week. This Sunday is the Holy Spirit. And today's title of our sermon is not just a friendly ghost, because I wanted to give a shout out to all those who love King James, Old English. To you, he might be the Holy Ghost. He might be Holy Spirit. He is the third part of the Trinity. I feel like I'm like hyping someone up. Like when you watch like wrestling or something, I'm trying to think of things that hype people up. Maybe sports is a better example of like basketball when they're like coming in at six foot seven. Um, so I get the privilege of introducing and going over some characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, if you know him, if he is your friend, if he's your comforter, your advocate, please don't tune out. I think God always can speak to us afresh through his word. So why don't we jump into the word? This is John 16, 5 to 15. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is the Holy Spirit he's talking about. All that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Father, we want to thank you for an opportunity to unpack a topic that could probably be unpacked for a full series. And so Father, we just invite you to bring your word forward, to highlight words and pictures and scriptures right now, even to our hearts. Be speaking to us, Lord, would you grow our relationship with the Holy Spirit? And we just thank you for this privilege to meet together, even though we're online, Lord. I just pray that wherever we are, we'd feel connected and unified as the body. Well, I am really excited because the Holy Spirit has really, truly been the greatest friend I have ever had. And that's actually what I want to unpack today, because for some of you, you might have heard of the Holy Spirit. You might have some trepidation and even some fear of seeing the Holy Spirit move. Those of you who have grown up maybe in like a more charismatic background, maybe he's familiar to you. But I want to talk about why he is such a faithful friend. And the reason is because when we understand friendship, we know we need to build intimacy to grow the friendship. And there's some characteristics we need for a safe friendship. And he is holy. He is part of the Trinity. He is God and he is, you know, part of us. But I think it's important to know that when we say those words, like he is the advocate, he is the spirit of truth, that we fully understand what that means for us. No matter what season of life you're in, whether you're a 10-year-old needing to step into the classroom for the first time because you've moved and you need to introduce yourself, you're a university student and you're looking for the right spot to sit in, who your friends are going to be for the next four to 10 years, however long you're there, or maybe you're 40 and you're just looking to make a new friend, friendship is something that we will have from the beginning of our life till the end. 
And, you know, I looked up some characteristics of what a good friend is. And now I'm, I'm sure we could make a full list together of page after page of what a good friend is, but I pulled out some key things. A good friend, they live with integrity. That means you can trust that they'll be, you know, integral. So what you see on the outside is who they are on the inside. You can trust them. They're dependable. They're loyal. They have empathy for others. They care for others. They're good listeners supportive in the good times and the bad and spending time with them makes you feel good or makes you a better person for many of us the holy spirit can feel like a concept or something really far away or mystical but actually he is to be our friend he is to be on earth what jesus was to the disciples when he was walking on earth with them and actually, that's why Jesus said, it's good for me to leave so you can have the advocate, so you can have the Holy Spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit actually empowered the disciples to do more than they could have ever done. But to understand them, we need to know why those characteristics are important. Because you could say, well, the Holy Spirit's my advocate, but if you don't understand why it's great to have an advocate, then it's just a characteristic about him. It's kind of like if we know one of the names of Jesus is that he's our provider, but we've never needed provision and we've never actually understood that. Well, it's just a name we speak out, you know, and so maybe a song we sing and it's not, and it's a concept, but it's not known to us. So I'm hoping today as we unpack some friendship characteristics that in fact, you will be able to understand in a deeper way what those words mean. So number one, if you're taking notes, he is supportive, dependable, and loyal. We saw those characteristics of a friend earlier, and these are three that I pulled out for our first point. I would say these characteristics, personally for me, I want in any of my friends, especially someone that I'm gonna entrust sharing my life with and talking about things to. Supportive, dependable, and loyal. To me, that just says safety. You know, one of the whole names of the Holy Spirit, like I mentioned before, is an advocate, but I think it's important to know what that means because we see it from, you know, maybe the sense if you've been in law school or, you know, someone has had to advocate for you. But that word actually was used five times in the New Testament, four times to describe the Holy Spirit. But in 1 John 2, 1, it also refers to Jesus. And I think it's important because we need to see that Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are one. So the characteristics go throughout them. So if you have a vision of or a view of Holy Spirit that is unsafe or mystical or far away, well, then that's inconsistent if you believe that Jesus and the Father are close to you because they are one. You know, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, I leave you the advocate because he's going to tell you everything I tell him to say. So there should be unity in even how we see the Trinity. An advocate who is someone who speaks in our defense. It can also mean one called alongside and one who pleads another's case and helps another by defending or comforting him. I love that word, one called alongside to defend. You know, there are times in our life where we need a friend to come alongside us and defend us, fight for us, support us. In seasons of trial and tribulation or grief, sometimes a friend that comes alongside, they don't even have to say anything. Just their presence is a comfort. That is who the Holy Spirit is. John 14, and this is 15 to 16, and then verse 26, it says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. That's loyal to me, someone that'll never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. That's safe. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so we know that Holy Spirit lives within us. So actually that comfort comfort and advocacy, we have access to at all times. But for a lot of us, we're used to leaning on our own understanding. And this is verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. John 15, 26 says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. You must also testify about me because you have been with me. At one point or another, I'm sure you've been in a situation where you've needed someone actually to fight on your behalf or to come alongside you. Exodus 14, 14 says the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So we can see that character trait is not just in the Holy Spirit, but we also see it in the Father God. And so what does that look like? Well, it looks like in a moment of maybe danger, that voice that says run. Or maybe when someone speaks about you, it's maybe not you defending yourself, but Holy Spirit working on your behalf and actually fighting for you. And someone saying, oh, I, you know, it was really weird. It was like someone just stood up and, you know, and said, oh, that's not true about them. And actually where he prompts another person, another believer to even stand in on your behalf. You know, when is the last time that you didn't defend yourself? It's really hard not to defend ourselves, especially when we haven't done anything wrong. And, you know, one of the, the things about an advocate is they come and they stand and they, you know, I think of like an advocate, even for children, you know, in the system that will come and say, no, this child needs a home. They need someone to take care of them. Well, the advocate comes and stands in our behalf and says, no, this son, this daughter of the most high, they need A, B, and C. He intercedes on our behalf. He goes to the father on our behalf. And there's times that we don't even have the words, but Holy Spirit actually has the words for us. I um, really don't like being wrong. I don't know a lot of people that like being wrong. I can't imagine there's people listening being like, I love being wrong. I don't like being wrong. I have such a heart for justice. I don't like wrongdoing. I don't like injustice. I don't like things that are, that are bad. And so I have a really hard time when someone thinks something of me that's not true. I immediately want to defend myself. I did not grow up with Jesus. I didn't grow up knowing that I had a defender, that I had someone who protected me. So my whole life, I've known how to protect myself, how to defend myself. And when I've had to get to know the Holy Spirit more and grow in that relationship, I've had to learn to not defend myself and to let him be my advocate, to let him be my defender, to let him comfort me. For many of you, self-comfort might be something that's very familiar. We live in a world where self-comfort's everywhere, whether that's pornography or shopping or being on our phones and scrolling. We, as a society, know what it's like to turn to something to comfort maybe a place that's hurting on the inside. But see, the Holy Spirit is to be our comfort. He leads us into truth. He leads us into the Word of God, which means in those moments when we're in need of comfort, those moments where we don't feel like we're enough, when we don't feel like we can get through, if we, if we can have the courage to turn to Holy Spirit and invite His comfort, well, He's going to remind you of the Word. He's going to remind you of what Jesus said. He's going to come and comfort you better than any friend. 
And I've had to learn when I've wanted to turn to someone here in the physical to say, Father, would you help me to turn to your Holy Spirit first? Would you help me to receive comfort from you first? And, and actually, Holy Spirit can bring healing to those places on the inside. Pornography can't. Shopping can't. A friend can't. You know, scrolling through Instagram can't, but the Holy Spirit can. And he can bring such healing to that place that we don't need that comfort anymore. You know, if, if you are so used to protecting yourself or defending yourself or that you're the one looking for truth, you want to figure it out yourself, this might be really hard. I don't want to say, I don't want to move to point two and you'd be like, well, that's really challenging. It is. And I think it's part of our daily walk with Christ continuing to go, no, I'm going to surrender. No, I'm going to surrender. No, I'm going to surrender. And so allowing Holy Spirit to defend you might be really hard. If you've been your defender your whole life, I can remember this moment at work where I, I know I defend myself and it's something that I've been asking the Lord to really heal in me. And this one day, I love my bosses because they're just, they, they are not afraid to, to ask you the hard questions. And my one boss, Karen, came up to me and said, Alicia, why did you defend yourself yesterday when I asked you that question? And I was flustered and I started giving her all these answers. You know, when you're like spinning and, and you're almost watching yourself being like, this is not going well. And she just very gently said, what are you afraid of? And I, I could feel like tears hit my eyes and I sucked them back in and said, I just don't want you to see that I'm a failure. I couldn't believe the words that came out of my mouth. And I realized that my defense, the reason I was defending myself was because there was a, a lie actually on the inside. Holy Spirit doesn't just defend us. He's our advocate. He's our comfort. He brings us into truth so that that lie is faced with the truth. So I had some business to do with the Lord. Why don't I feel like I'm enough? Why do I feel like a failure? And God really just reminded me that, you know, who he's called me to be in and brought some deep healing into this place. I'm saying it quickly, but it wasn't fast. And fast forward to like a few, maybe even like a week later, and I had made a mistake at work. And my first reaction is normally to defend. This time, however, I didn't. This time, I just said, I'm really sorry. I dropped the ball. I could have done it this way. I'll, I'll fix it. And I'm really sorry. That was it. Didn't defend myself. Didn't fight for my rights. Didn't give an excuse. I just was very honest and open. And this is how good the Holy Spirit is. He really advocated on my behalf at that point and really spoke to that other person's heart. And later they said, I just want to say thank you for being so honest. I was like, is this what real conversations are like if you don't defend yourself? Not defending is hard, especially if those people never change their mind about you. But one day we stand before the Father. We stand in heaven and we don't stand with those people. We stand and he says, you know, what did you do with your life? And so maybe... After this Sunday, part of your challenge is going to be, help me not to defend, Lord. Help me to turn to you for that comfort. Help me to turn to you for the truth. Point two, if you're taking notes, he is truthful, integral, and trustworthy. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of us that want to be in a relationship with someone who's not trustworthy. If there's no trust, well, there's no communication that's open. There's no sharing of your heart. The relationship doesn't really grow because it can't grow from the place that's lacking trust. I would say the hallmark of a safe friend or person in your life are those three character traits. It's what we look for in a future spouse. It's what we look for in hopefully our boss and someone we want to give our time and energy to. 
This is John 16, and, and this is verse 17 that says, or sorry, verse 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. One of the jobs of Holy Spirit is to lead us into truth, to lead us into the word, to lead us back to Jesus. You know, the disciples needed to be led back to what Jesus said, because when he ascended, I'm sure there was moments that they were like, okay, what was that parable? What did he, you know, what did he say about when we're healing the blind? What? And, and this is why the Holy Spirit came to bring peace, to bring ease. Are your decisions led by Holy Spirit's desire for truth or your own desire for truth? We often want our own truth. This is why the Bible is becoming less and less relevant in people's lives because they want their own truth that fits their life. But if God's word is truth and Holy Spirit leads us into truth, this is where conviction happens. And condemnation and conviction are very different. Conviction says what I'm doing is bad. Con condemnation says you are bad. And so it's important that as we're building that relationship with Holy Spirit, if we hear the words, you're bad, well, that's not the voice of a good father. Holy Spirit will remind us of Jesus, bring us, you know, bring us into the word. And he, and we might hear, I don't like what you're doing. That's very different. That's not going after the core identity of who we are. That's talking about a decision, an action, maybe a, a belief system. And so that's one of his job functions. And living your own truth is a dangerous place to be because it can move. It can shift. It can go up and down based on emotions or feelings, but he is truth. It's one of Holy Spirit's job functions. One of the scariest seasons of my life was when I became a new believer and the Holy Spirit's voice was so loud to me. I was like, all these things I've been doing in my life, all of a sudden I knew that they weren't good for me. But the scariest season was when I drowned them out and they meant nothing to me anymore. I can't imagine more, something greater that I have regret and sadness for. And in this season, I want to be quick. I want to be quick in my relationship with the Lord to respond to Holy Spirit's convictions, to not let it linger. Um, if you were at our first Sunday service in person, Kayla brought this message about lingering. I don't want to linger in my sin. I don't want to linger in my disobedience. He's trustworthy because he speaks what he receives from the Father and Jesus. And we know, you know, throughout God's word, there's so many times that Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. And so it, we can know that he's trustworthy because he's taking us back to the truth. You know, what happens when we don't trust God? Are we going to trust the Holy Spirit? You know, a lot of us might've had expectations or, you know, even beliefs of who God is and what he should be like. If you don't trust God, you're going to have a really hard time trusting the Holy Spirit within you. And you're going to question it and doubt it and wonder if you're making the right decision. You know, sometimes we have to deal with our expectations we've placed on God first. You know, we don't, we don't forgive him because he's done anything wrong. God is perfect. But sometimes I have to say, God, I have expected this of you. And that's not right. Would you forgive me for judging you, for telling you what you should do? And you know, the more we build trust in God, the more we can rely on his word, respond in his word, then when Holy Spirit convicts us, we're gonna wanna respond quickly. Um, 
And, and I want to have, I just want to say, we're going to have time at the end to pray through some of these things. If you're like, ah, I don't trust God, you know, we'll pray through that. But that might be something to look into after this service is, God, how can I grow my trust in you? You know, when you give a word to somebody, you are putting your trust in Holy Spirit. Um, whether that's a picture, a dream that's been given to you through the Holy Spirit, you know, those moments are so risky. You know, we might want to pray for someone and the Lord gives us a picture or a word and you're thinking, I hope this is right. <laughs> and, you know, part of that is actually being able to say, Holy Spirit, I trust your leading. And I trust that even if I'm wrong, that you're still good to make up for it. Um, you know, if you're not in the word, it's going to be really hard for the Holy Spirit to remind you of what Jesus said, um, because that's where we find out what he said. So I just want to say, if you're not in the word, it's going to be confusion and maybe some feelings of anxiety or distress when you're trying to decipher what Holy Spirit is saying, because if you're not in the word, then you have no context for his word. So if the Holy Spirit says to you, this is the way walk in it and you haven't been in the word and you aren't sure if that's the word of the Lord and you're not sure if that's just bad pizza and what your mind says, you know, we have to be in the word to be reminded of the word. If you're not in the word of God, you're missing out on the truth. You're missing out on the relationship. That's how you build relationship with Holy Spirit, the father and Jesus is being in the word. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they want to get a word. They go from church to church and prophet to prophet and person to person looking for a word while those people are bringing forward a word from the word. You too could get that word if you were in the word. This is a lot of the word. I feel like this could be a spoken word. I will stop saying the word. Um, but all that to say, for a lot of us, we're looking for that confirmation, but you're not in the place that confirms it for you. So I'm not talking about opening your Bible once a um, week on Sunday when, you know, someone says open to John 16. I'm talking about daily getting into the word, knowing who you follow, knowing who you trust. Why wouldn't you want to be in the word? Why wouldn't you want to know who you follow, who you serve, who you love? You know, if I, I'm, I'm in love with somebody, so I'm going to want to know. I'm going to want to know what they say. I'm going to want to hear their words. I'm going to want to learn about them and, and, and grow in that way so I can know them. God loves you. And, and, but to love back, we have to put some effort in. And so this is your daily reminder. Get in the word. To build your friendship with him, you need to get in the word. Um, Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend who correct, this is the amplified version, who correct out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If Holy Spirit is truthful, integral, and trustworthy, then that means he's going to be able to bring some truth to some hard seasons. A good friend is somebody that can bring correction and bring it out of love and concern. If you can't receive correction, if you cannot receive a friend coming forward, how are you going to receive from the Holy Spirit? We need receivable hearts, teachable hearts, humble hearts. A good friend corrects out of love and concern. You can trust the integrity of the Holy Spirit because it says that he is only saying what Jesus tells him to. You know, when we get that feeling when we're about to do something, that no feeling on the inside, Sometimes we need to say, Holy Spirit, is that you? Instead of pushing past it or just saying, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. 
You know, sometimes we've bypassed that voice for so long that we've actually stopped listening to our friend. Perhaps you need to ask forgiveness for quieting Holy Spirit's voice in your life, for disregarding it, for not giving it the attention it deserves. And my last point, if you're keeping notes, this is point three. And spending time with him makes you feel good and makes you a better person. You know those friends that when you're around, you leave and you're like energized. You feel better about yourself. You are excited. You feel like you know more of who you are. And maybe you've been able to be yourself and your guard's gone down and, and they challenge you to be better. You're like, you know what? I want to get in the word. I want to, I want to grow like that. I want to, that is the characteristics of a great friend. If you leave a friendship and you wish that you never were there and it was horrible and you feel horrible about yourself, then you're going to need to ask if that's a safe, integral friend. One of the characteristics about the Holy Spirit is spending time with him not only will make you feel good, it will actually draw you into becoming a better Christ-like follower. And I want to say feeling good is very different in God's word than it is in this world. There's a lot of things people do to feel good. doesn't mean that they are good. You know, the fruit of the spirit, for those of you who grew up in Sunday school, you will know this. I did not. So I need the reminder. Sometimes the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what spirit is that? The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means if Holy Spirit lives in me, then that fruit should be in my life. And so that means that when I show those qualities, I'm telling people who I spend my time with. When I show patience, I'm telling them who I spend my time with. When I show love to someone that's maybe really hard to love, I'm showing them who I spend my time with. When I am impatient, I'm showing them who I haven't had time with. When I am not kind and generous, I'm letting them know who I haven't spent time with. You know, I show that the spirit is working in and through me through those, through those fruits, you know, often people want to see a manifestation. They want to see something big. They want to see something incredible. If you see the fruit of the spirit, you are seeing a manifestation of the spirit of God in somebody. If you don't see the fruit, but you see a manifestation, then you have to ask if that is the Holy spirit that's moving. For a lot of us, we look for the manifestation because we can see it, experience it and feel it, but we don't necessarily look for the fruit of the spirit. You know, maybe you don't see the fruit. Maybe you don't even, you don't see the fruit. You don't see the manifestation. Maybe you need an infilling of the Holy Spirit. We're told we need to be filled with him. That means when we pour out those gifts, when we pour out love, we pour out kindness, we pour out patience, we need to be filled back up. That's not a sign of weakness. That's a reality. You know, maybe you've never seen that because you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I can remember a season of just, looking at things like that, reading books about these missionaries and people in God's word that spoke out truth and showed great compassion and love to people that were unlovable. And I thought, I don't see that in my life. I see no joy. I had no peace. I was not kind. I was not generous. I didn't see any of those things. So I had to say, Holy Spirit, or if you're within me, do I need an infilling or maybe have I ever even invited you? Holy Spirit, come. I invite you to fill me, to be a part of me. You know, when we haven't spent time with God, we're not going to sound or look like him. And so if one of his characteristics of Holy Spirit is that he makes us 
feel good and also leads us into a greater um, walk of a Christ follower, well then I'm going to have to look and see who do I look like right now. You know, when the disciples came forward and started to preach, everyone thought they were drunk. That was their first thought. Well, probably because they were looking at fishermen, tax collectors, you know, people that were uneducated and here they were speaking their language, speaking out boldly, walking, talking, not like themselves. You know, alcohol is often called the liquid courage because people say, do and walk like they never would. Someone hits on you and they'd never hit on anybody on their normal day-to-day -day life. Someone compliments you or says something or speaks out of boldness. You know, you often see in movies when someone says, oh, I, I wasn't myself last night. I said things I would never normally say. Well, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and it landed on them. It said there was tongues of fire. We used to, they used to have to in the old testimony, just actually stoke that fire. And, and that fire represented the, the presence of God. Well, now the presence of God were in these disciples and they went out and they didn't walk. They didn't talk. They didn't move like a tax collector or a fisherman. They walked and talked like someone educated, someone who knew the Torah, someone who knew of God of the Messiah. It gave them boldness. So that's why in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I have nothing. Meaning if I have the manifestation, but I lack the fruit, I don't have anything. The fruit is what backs up the manifestation. If you want the gift of prophecy, but you're impatient and you don't have peace, then your words are maybe gonna come out at the wrong time. If you want the gift of hospitality, but you don't have love and joy and patience, no one's gonna wanna come to your house. The reality is that the gift has to match the fruit. You want the fruit. And so sometimes we have to take an inspection of that fruit and say, what is it that's growing? What is it that's showing in my life? Ask someone close to you out of the fruit of the spirit. What do you see? And tell them to be, tell them to be real. Tell them to be truthful. That's a good friend. You know, don't chase after the manifestation, chase after the Holy Spirit, spend time with him, grow with him so that you look like him, sound like him. The manifestation will naturally flow out of that place. The seasons that I have had no fruit in my life were very dry and I did not see God moving a lot in my life or moving through me. Didn't mean that he's not good. It didn't even mean that he still didn't use me, but it meant that I was lacking the fruit, the integrity. If we spend time with him, we should look like him. We should feel good. We should actually be walking in a greater authority as a Christ follower. He is holy. He is God. He is the greatest friend you will ever have. He is part of the Trinity, but you need to spend time with him, listen to him, learn his voice, heed his correction. Today, I wanna, I wanna pray for those of you that are watching today, and maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and so you'd love to get to know the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to get to know Jesus first. I wanna pray for you. And then I wanna pray for those of us that are maybe watching, and maybe like point two, we're lacking the trust or, you know, maybe we are not seeing a lot of fruit in our life. Maybe we are, you know, not feeling like we've ever been able to not defend ourselves. I want to pray for you second. And so, Father, I just want to pray 
um, for everybody right now that's listening who has not made a decision to follow Jesus. God, would you come even right now, and, and I just pray, Lord, if there's quickening of hearts and maybe they're watching, would you just help them to feel safe wherever they are? And I'm gonna encourage you to pray along with me. Um, you know, maybe if you're around a lot of people, you can pray it under your breath, but, but to speak it out loud. Jesus, I want to now invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you that you have forgiven me for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to say, if you raised your hand on the chat, if you have prayed that prayer, please reach out to someone on our team. We would love to either get you a Bible, get you connected. It's so important if that happens. Um, we want to celebrate with you. And then lastly, I'm going to pray for those of us that are watching and maybe you have some business to do with the Lord. And so, Father, we want to come before you and God, if I resonated and I'm always protecting myself and I've never been able to, um, to allow God to protect me, would you show me um, how to humble myself, how to apologize, how to even come and let you, Father, defend me. Let my advocate come and work on my behalf. If there's a part of me, God, that doesn't trust you, would you show me why? And God, I want to even release you from my expectations, my even my disappointments where maybe I've thought you should do something. And who am I? You are God. And would you forgive me for that? And would you help me now to, to build trust, to learn why you are so trustworthy? And lastly, if there is no fruit in my life right now, if I'm looking and I am lacking fruit, would you help me actually chase after and be a part of and grow in friendship with Holy Spirit before I would look for the manifestation. And Holy Spirit, I just wanna invite you not only to fill me afresh, but maybe refill me. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you. And so I want to see the fruit. I want to see love and joy and peace and forgive me where I've quieted your voice. And so, Father, thank you for just an opportunity to get right with you. Would you help us in this week to, um, to grow, to move forward, to invest in that friendship, to be in the word? Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so looking forward to this series continuing. We'll see you next Sunday, and have a great day.